Hey, it's Lula Mendesin, and welcome to the Sneeman Podcast. Really hope you're doing good. I'm doing well. It's, uh, it's a Friday, yeah, so <laughs> I'm pretty excited about the weekend. Um, tomorrow is the book club, so I'll be with my friends. Uh, but, you know, as you grow up, like most of the friends that you used to have, um, you can't really call them your friends' friends. You know, you're not that close anymore, and that's the same case with the guys that I'll be gathering with at the book club. So uh, I think back then we were very close, especially when I was living in Midlands, because now I live in a completely different area. I don't want to tell you where I live. I don't want you to dox me, okay? <laughs> so anyways, yeah, man, so uh, this weekend it's uh, the book club. So, you know, these people, I only see them every two months. We're not that close. People are busy. People have lives. And most importantly... People are too broke, man, to go out, you know. Uh, going out, like, uh, there's this other person that asked, oh, okay, if I have 200 rands, can I take a girl out on a date? It's impossible. <laughs> it's impossible. You can't even take a girl to McDonald's. In fact, you can't even buy alcohol to get drunk with 200 rands for, for, for two people, you know. Okay, for two people, you can. You can just buy vodkas, like 200 bucks or 150 rands. So... At least you can buy something. So, yeah, man, uh, inflation is bad. Everything is bad. But uh, I've come to give you more bad news. <laughs> I shouldn't even have said bad. Uh, yeah, more bad news. So uh, there was uh, research by UJ, UJ professors, and also Dr. Ngwane. Uh, Dr. Ngwane, as you can guess, is a black man. So uh, there's this thing they're talking about that, um, you know, ESCOM, uh, the the company that supplies South Africa with electricity is actually racist. They're actually targeting black areas and making sure that uh, those black areas, the electricity, you know, it's not, uh, there's a lot of load shading, basically. Load shading is when there's like some uh, power cuts. So the power cuts will last for like maybe two hours, maybe four hours or even five hours, six hours. Whatever time they need, uh, they deem fit, you know. Because this year, they said we'll have load shedding almost every day. Like, I think it was like 300 days or something like that. So, almost every day, we'll have load shedding. It will be rare whereby there's a day whereby you don't have load shedding. So, basically, they're saying, okay, in rural areas, in fact, black areas, the township, uh, informal settlements, um, you know, every township in South Africa is being targeted by ESCOM to make sure that they give them more load shedding. So, the first question I need to ask is, are they paying for electricity? Because most Kasi uh, places in Soweto, the township, most of them at some point, they were not paying for electricity, right? So they have some meters at the moment, but they're still bridging those meters. Basically, what they do is they call someone, maybe from ESCOM or whichever company, or someone who has expertise about, you know, these meters. So they come and configure it. So when you buy electricity, uh, even if you buy like electricity with a small amount of cash, you get a lot of electricity, maybe double or triple the amount of electricity you would have gotten otherwise. So people are doing that. Some of them, uh, okay, you cannot pay it outright, like, cause they'll know that you're not even paying for anything. So a lot of people, that's what they were doing. And so in the past, South Africans, uh, especially Sowetans, they were not paying for electricity. It's just a recent thing. So how can you say ESCOM is racist if those places, and remember, in Soweto, there's a lot of people, right? We are condensed. We are like um, 
in fact, in one household, you might find it's a mixed family, right? It's a mixed family. Let's say maybe it's like five or six people. It's one house. And also outside, they have uh, tenants that are renting some rooms. Maybe it might be some shacks. So they all have like maybe, uh, let's take two other families. So maybe it's like 15 people in that household. And everyone needs to bath. Uh, someone is feeling cold, you know, electricity, charging, whatever. So there will be a lot of pressure on the power grid. So obviously, you'll experience a lot of load shedding. Isn't that logical? But they're saying, no, <laughs> it's not logical. But anyways, uh, let me just play the clip so you can hear what they're really saying. How racist is this? For your time, one of the things that uh, the report um, that has been compiled by the department uh, looks at load reduction. And you are calling it a racist policy that is targeting black areas. Talk to us about why um, you've decided to title it this. Yes, thank you very much uh, for this opportunity. As you know, uh, academic researchers, uh, you know, they interview people, but uh, they also theorize and conceptualize what they find, which makes it a science. So they also come up with concepts which uh, are most appropriate to describe or define, you know, the phenomenon which we find. So we felt that the concept of energy racism is the appropriate one, basically because it looks like in South Africa, the black working class are bearing the burden, the biggest burden of the electricity crisis. Mm. Yeah, so you had it for yourself. <laughs> so, as I was saying, that, uh, you know, you cannot really go around and saying, you know, SN Kampan is racist, you know. You can't just do that because, like, now you have to come up with proof and it has to be conclusive proof. Because nowadays, the racism we experience is, like, hidden. Like, it's not overt. Like, it's not so obvious that you're experiencing racism. It's sort of, like, systematic, as I'm saying, that... Everyone, for example, when you apply for a job, maybe you are applying with a white person, right? Like, they wouldn't tell you that they hired the white person because it was white. They'll probably say that he was more qualified or any other excuse. So, really, it's not that obvious. So, like, even with ESCOM right now, there are so many factors um, that go against the narrative that they are racist. But let's just hear them out and I'll just debunk uh, some of the facts that um, the doctor will state. then the issue of load reduction because there's load shedding and now we've seen in townships as well something a timetable being introduced around load reduction and some have you know called this unlawful saying it's illegal of Eskom. at the same time there is of course those who are saying they have no choice Eskom has no choice it has to happen what did you find uh, from the residents around this yes so we've got load shedding which affects everyone and then we've got load reduction, which is targeted at black working class areas, townships, shack settlements, rural villages. So in other words, when the ESCOM grid, the system, cannot cope with the load, the people who are denied electricity, who are cut off, are those who live 
in what I can call former black working class areas. Yeah, so, okay, the problem with that is, as I said, most black people, right, they live in a very concentrated area, right? Soweto is mostly concentrated, except for the uh, suburbs of Soweto, which are protected land. That's where you find mostly individual houses and most of the people there, uh, the families, it's not very mixed, you know, it's not mixed families, it's just maybe... Uh, one parent and maybe one kid, you know, like a normal suburban life. So some areas are so condensed and so concentrated, right? It's very hard to supply electricity to, to those places. So how do you actually say that uh, those places are actually targeted because they are so concentrated and there are so many people living there? So, yeah, man, like that's what I'm saying that I don't really believe 100% that it could be, you know, racist. You get what I mean? The worst part is that load reduction can take anything from an hour, two hours, sometimes a day, sometimes three days, you know. So we think that this is unfair on these people who live in this black area. I'm keen to find out, though, on the other side of the coin, some have said that Eskam has no option but to resort to this. And Eskam has said it's also trying to offload pressure on its system. And municipalities in some areas are saying that this is done because there's some who are simply not paying for electricity. And thus they're putting pressure on the system. So it has, they have no choice but to then implement load reduction in some of these areas. I'm keen to hear your take on that. Yes, that is why we came up with this concept of energy racism, because there are continuities with the past of injustice, where black people always get less, where black people are scapegoated and blamed for problems of a system which they did not create. So, for example, Black areas proportionally use very little power. But when it comes to balancing the system, they are the first ones to get cut-offs. And then racism, you know, is a strange animal. <laughs> so, okay, yeah. Unfortunately, I have to disagree with him on that. Because um, he's saying that in Soweto, in the townships, it's not really concentrated and we don't use that many much electricity. Like, <laughs> that's impossible. You know, I don't like really debunking black people who are trying to put out information out there and trying to expose racism. But it's useless if you are trying to expose racism with a lie because we will put so much energy backing you with your lie for racism. And then the next thing, it's find out that it's not really racist. We have to back movements that we know that okay this is 100% racist because uh, what happened was uh, there was an incident in Stellenbosch University right a white student went to the um, it's a dorm or the rooms of uh, this other black student when he got there he urinated on top of that uh, boy's desk and then the black student decided to you know videotape the guy and then the guy just said ah this is what we do to black boys obvious racist incident so another thing that happened was uh, UK, right? When you go to UK as a South African, you need to write an Africans test. And Africans is spoken by like not even the majority of South Africa. In fact, Zulu, I would say, is the most spoken language because 
you cannot come to Soweto or any township mostly without know, knowing Zulu. Everybody knows Zulu. Even programming on TV, most programs are in Zulu, right? It's the main language. There are more Zulus than any other person in South Africa. So they make you write that test. And even uh, white South Africans, not all of them are Afrikaner, right? There are also people from Australia and also Britain. And also there are Indian people from India. So those people only learn Africans in school, right? So they don't know Africans that well. So most of them, they would, wouldn't really pass that test. So they would have to go back home. So that thing is kind of racist because in the minds of the UK airport, right? Or whatever company it is, they're thinking, okay, so if we're saying Africans, obviously only the white or some colors might come through, but the blacks, we know majority of them won't be coming to the UK. So that's obvious racism. So we need to be very careful in calling out racism. We cannot really call out any racism because it's obvious that in Soweto there are many people. So obviously we will have load, a lot of load shedding, you know. How then do you propose that this be dealt with? Because we do know that there are people that have connected illegally onto the system and are not paying for their electricity. At the same time, this comes at the expense of those who are paying uh, for electricity and are finding themselves on the back foot here. So how then does the issue and the culture of non-payment become addressed in order to ensure that that is dealt with? The culture of non-payment is another racist term where <laughs> you know None the struggle right. against apartheid where people were boycotting is now invoked and used to attack you know black working class areas if you live in Soweto whether rich or poor middle class or working class whether you pay or you don't pay for electricity when load reduction comes you don't have electricity. So in a way, this is a blanket punishment for all those who live in black working class areas. Okay, I have to admit, the first time I listened to this clip, I didn't really get it, you know, what the professor was saying. Because Dr. Nguane is trying to explain that, okay, fine, there are people who are not paying, right? But the people who are actually paying for electricity are getting affected the people who are obeying the law and actually paying for the electricity, they're getting affected. So how can we blanket all the people? Because even in white areas, there are people who don't pay for electricity. We know that. Like we can't say that black people do most of the crime because in white areas, most of the crimes, I would say they are um, contained, like they're more indoor crimes, you know, because in suburbs, you don't never see, you know, uh, white people walking around most of the time unless maybe they are jogging so most of their crimes they are more indoorsy so you never really notice that the crime is really bad you know so because I, I have said this the suburbs are more dangerous the white suburbs are more dangerous than Soweto or, or black townships they're extremely dangerous those places that's where you find the most hardcore crimes torture and all sorts of crazy things you know so you cannot really say that, um, you know, ESCOM is racist because, you know, they're targeting black people. But in this case, I think he has like some merit to his argument because even the black people that are paying, they're actually suffering because I'm paying for electricity every day, but I get punished for the people who are not paying. So I think ESCOM in itself needs to fix their system generally and not have to target anyone, uh, you know, generally when it comes to uh, paying for electricity and also 
providing people with the electricity that they need. We've seen another very concerning issue um, emerging in, in some of the townships. Of course, this is the issue of cable theft, which uh, and also uh, a lack of infrastructure and management as well in some of the areas. How much of an impact has this had on communities? And do you think that the officials are dealing with it correctly? Because we keep on hearing about cable theft almost weekly now. Yes. So cable theft, you know, where will the thief steal the cable? Even if the thief lives in an informal settlement or in a township, he or she will go around find, finding cable he or she can steal. It might be in the suburbs, it might be in industrial areas, it might be in the township. So this is what I mean. There's a propaganda which associates black people with things like cable theft, non-payment, you know, poverty. Of course, you know, if you're black, you tend to be poor. But, uh, you know, it's, it's an unfair and it's a clear example of what I'm talking about, about racism and scapegoating. Cable theft occurs anywhere and everywhere. I don't know why ESCOM and the NC government associate it with black area. It's unfair and it's racist. All right. Yeah, so <laughs> you heard it for yourself. So he's saying that it's racist. So like, yo, man, unpacking what he just said. <laughs> so first he said, okay, with the scapegoating black people, it's not like black people are the face of poverty, of crime and whatever. Unfortunately, we live in a country where like most black people are poor. And if you're poor, you'll do crime. And we're also having an illegal immigration problem, right? And when illegal immigrants come to the country, they're willing to do anything and everything to get money, right? Even crime, which is the thing that um, I've said this, mostly Soweto doesn't have like that much violent crime anymore because we deal with violent crime. <laughs> we have community justice. So the community deals with the crime. We don't even have to go to the police station, if you know what I mean. So mostly, most of the crime... In Soweto, violent crime is eradicated. But when you're having uh, many illegal immigrants coming in, obviously the crime will go up again because you are having so many people who are who are poor and need money and you know they're willing to do anything to get that money. So another thing that uh, the professor said, Dr. Ngwane, he said that okay, we are scapegoats for for racism. Unfortunately, I mean we are scapegoats for. Um, being targeted for being poor, for, for being criminals and all of that. Okay, I have to say, even in white neighborhoods and in, in Indian neighborhoods, their proportion of crime is probably equal to us, or it might even be worse. We don't even know. As I said, most of their crime or anything they, they do is more indoors. We actually go outside. They do like money laundering, you know, fake IDs, you know, things like, you know, buying drugs, like selling drugs, you know, but selling drugs in bulk, you know, manufacturing the stuff, actually cooking the meth that we actually use here at So, unfortunately, the crime is proportional, but the, most of the criminals that you will see are black people because we are the majority of people here in South Africa. And even cable theft is something that is associated with us because most of the criminals that you'll catch red-handed are the black people. And probably the black people are selling to white people or other nationalities. Because, you know, those people who are like um, the foot soldiers, they're probably working for someone who has a connection to actually sell those cables. Because I remember um, our, our train, right, uh, during uh, COVID-19, like the heavy lockdowns, what happened was they shut down the electricity for everything. Like uh, in 
Prasa. Prasa is our uh, railroad, you know, with the trains and all of that. So they switched off the electricity and the thieves stole every copper cable that made the uh, uh, trains run. Like, <laughs> things that maybe cost trillions, man. Like, if not billions. Like, such a loss of damage. Now our rail, rail line is, like, useless. So... You can see there's no way a couple of black thugs from, you know, Soweto can steal that, not knowing who they'll send it to, and probably some high-class people. And the highest criminals at the, you know, highest form, we know who it is. It's usually not black people, right? We are the foot soldiers. We do, like, petty crime and all of that. But the higher-ups, the people who are up there are usually other races, you know? So, but anyways, I hope you enjoyed this episode. It's quite a long one. I was not really planning to do this one, so but uh, I figured, no, man, I, I'd rather do it because it's really concerning. Um, you cannot really call out racism every time you kind of think it's a racist incident because there are so many racist incidents out there. You don't have to manufacture one. Like, they just come up because <laughs> racism does still exist. You know, white supremacy does still exist. So you don't even have to make things up. They just come up. <laughs> so but anyways um yeah that's the episode for today i just uploaded also a youtube video i hope uh, most of you or all of you are subscribed to my youtube channel i've been uploading a lot because i will upload right now i uploaded also in the morning because yesterday i couldn't upload you know load shedding <laughs> so yeah anyways just go to the video just subscribe like comment whatever and also my socials at ludama anderson you can catch me there we can have a conversation and speaking of social media man like um today like uh okay this other parent was uh talking about autism right so i asked okay why is it that most of the time uh you know is caucasian kids that have autism yo man the kind of replies that i got there i mean like it goes to show that uh, caucasians white people right they won't let you just stereotype them just like that yo i got so many replies man like maybe more than 50 replies and on average if i comment something um the replies that i get maximum might be five or six so the reply is like oh man the engagement there is pretty crazy so it goes to show that white people really protect their reputation they won't let you stereotype them never never ever ever so but black people who've gotten used to it oh black people are criminals oh, you know just like what i did I, I, am i a hypocrite oh my god <laughs> i'm saying black people are criminals oh my god you know what never say that again <laughs> so but anyways it's you know, people like me who talk uh, facts that uh, they would say are a problem in black society. You know, when you talk facts, they're like, oh, my God, how can you say this? You need to do better. You can't just say black people are criminals. Man, we are subjected by white supremacy. I can't ignore that. Like, <laughs> we are criminals because we are subjected to white supremacy. It's as simple as that. We are from an apartheid government. So I have no qualms. I, I have nothing to hide, man. I'm poor. And most of my brothers and my sisters out there are criminals. And they have no choice because they're, they're hungry, man. So, but anyways, that's the episode for today. It's the Snayman Podcast. For now, shop shop.